You're listening to Eureka on Monocle 24, brought to you by the team behind The Entrepreneurs. I'm Laura Kramer. We continue this week's gastronomical theme with cocktails. Robert Black and Benedict Gordon are the founders of Phoenix Spirits, a brand-led spirits company that owns and operates revived heritage brands. They have a wide portfolio of heritage trademarks, which over time they plan to revitalize, revive, and relaunch. The first of those brands to come to market are Kush and Dr. Hosseter's, two premium bitter liquors. So how do you identify which historical brand to revitalize? And how do you stay true to its story while making it sync with contemporary tastes? Here are Rob and Ben with more on that and how their journey began. We were living, both living in Hong Kong at the time, working separately, Robin, in finance, so worked at a big hedge fund. And I was working in the brand industry, so running a branding agency in Asia. And sort of separately and unbeknownst to each other, because at this time we didn't know each other, we both had a kind of a bit of a geeky interest in heritage brands and the idea of kind of reviving brands from the past, so dead brands, bringing them back to life. And at that stage, it wasn't particularly focused, certainly wasn't focused around the alcohol category spirits category it was just sort of a, a bit more general and rob and i were actually introduced by a mutual friend a guy i went to prep school with so um knew from a long long time ago who i just ran into kind of randomly in hong kong but very nice sort of reintroduction he knew rob very well and knew about rob's interest in heritage brands and sort of put the two of us together we kind of hit it off and started looking at different categories actually of heritage brands pretty much entirely with a british focus some american but mostly british we were looking at candle brands we were looking at leather goods brands some really interesting different categories and this sort of went on as a kind of interesting hobby slash kind of passion discussion we thought about sort of venturing down one channel and then for various reasons kind of didn't sort of pursue it fully and then we were looking into the alcohol space and we came across the two brands that we've launched Kush and Dr. Hostetters which sort of helped us make our decision around where we were going to focus just because we got really excited about the quality of the brands, both in terms of sort of visually, but also the stories behind them, where they came from, the heritage, etc. That kind of gave us our focus, and we sort of started building from there. I would say there's there's just something in the power of heritage and something in the way our brains work. We recognise older brands, even if we don't know them, and that's actually one of our sort of the key qualities that we look for in brands is they're almost recognisable. We want people to you know, pick up a bottle and say, I've seen this before. That kind of means we've done our job. The interest is general history interest that sort of pivoted into, well, why did these brands go away? What were the sort of events? And there were, for consumer brands generally in, in Britain, for example, there were obviously the two world wars and changing consumer interests. So some brands, a lot of brands actually just got unlucky and went away that way. So just essentially looking at different categories of consumer luxury brands and going, which of these brands didn't maybe deserve to go away and deserve to come back? And that's probably the genesis. So there is quite a clear process to going about this. So the first thing, obviously, is identifying the brands. And what we're looking for is a few things. Obviously, there's the kind of heritage itself. So what was this brand back in its day when it was alive? What was the story? Does it have a long history? And is that history clear? Because so many brands, you know, will be dead and actually you can't find too much about them. So is there a clear kind of history that you can uncover and research? And I think within that, you're also looking for, you know, if we were going to bring this back to life, does it have the ingredients to make it successful? Aside from the heritage, you're looking at things like, well, what's the name? Does it have a great name? You're looking for, well, what are the visual assets, the icons of the brand that we can revive or contemporize or refine, etc.? Because, you know, obviously... 
a brand existing in the 19th century was existing in a very different world from a brand existing in today's world. So you're not just looking for kind of a beautiful bottle or a beautiful design, but it's like, okay, so how are we going to take those assets and apply them in today's world? So, for example, the lady on the tiger on the front of our Kush bottle is a great brand icon. Not only is it very sort of outstanding, it's a beautiful thing and tells its own story, but it's also something that you can kind of extract. You can work in digital media. You can imagine how that works in channels like Instagram, etc. So I guess as well as looking at the history and the story and all of that, you're also looking for what are the ingredients that we're going to be able to contemporize to make this brand feel still relevant today, even though it's a heritage revival. And I think from there it's then, okay, well, can we secure the intellectual property? I mean, I would say Phoenix Spirits is really at its core an intellectual property business. That's really what we do. It's identifying it, it's then protecting it and managing it and hopefully creating value in that intellectual property. So going through the process of getting the trademark rights, securing the intellectual property is kind of the first key step. And then alongside that, then building an archive of kind of original assets, which in and of itself is a challenge, but also quite fun, particularly when in the case of Dr. Hostetters, we have a brand that's got an American provenance. So there it was about what can you find in terms of original bottles, original artifacts, original recipes, original kind of advertising, promotional material. And actually there's a lot out there if you do your digging, particularly Dr. Hostetters in its day was a really big brand. Back end of the 19th century, from what we can piece together, they sold over 50 million bottles of Dr. Hostetters. So actually there are a lot of artifacts that you can get your hands on if you're looking in the right places. What we decide to bring back and what we leave in the past is almost the largest piece of the puzzle for Dr. Hofstetter's. We managed to bring back, we think, more than half of the original ingredients, including quinine cinchona, which it's a key bitter. Also, it's anti-malarial, which is why there's potentially a modicum of truth to the medicinal nostrum. They are historical brands, but they're now almost hopefully at the cutting edge of contemporary branding. That's sort of an, another goal, perhaps, and, and also of product and category. So those both play in bitter liqueur, aperitif style of drinks, both designed very specifically, which unlike most brands, you know, Kush was designed to pair with champagne. So that's sort of the core drink, but it's also a versatile cocktail ingredient that goes well with rum and gin and sort of anything where citrus is, is going to be useful, whereas Dr. Hostetters was designed for bourbon and for rye whiskey. It's got a slightly sort of dry finish, and you might wonder what's happened in your mouth and why that is and if it's intentional, and it absolutely is. Because when, when paired with you know, toffee, caramel, vanilla notes of a bourbon or a rye, which is obviously a little bit more spicy as well, then hopefully the, the symphony of those things works really well. So I think the products are unique in that we've designed them for specific purposes, but they also are quite versatile. And we're finding that sort of bartending community is really, really enjoying the versatility, but also it seems like consumers are embracing the fact that they're also a very simple pause. We have a portfolio of other heritage trademarks in other heritage spirits brands that we're over time planning to revive. So we, we were starting with a sort of a portfolio and then decided, okay, Kush and Dr. Hostetters will be the first two in the portfolio to revive and launch. And the reason for that was the two liquids very complementary in nature. They both sit in the similar sort of category. They have very different flavor profiles because if you look at the spirits world over the last 10 to 15 years, there's been so much kind of premiumization and innovation that's happened, you know, started with the gin movement, which we're all very familiar with. But if you look now at kind of agave, so tequilas and mezcals and how much sort of interest there is in, in that world, 
also the rum world, loads of kind of premiumization happening there. What's typically called in the industry the modifier category. So if you have your core base spirit for a cocktail, what are you putting in to modify that to create the complexity of flavor that would result in a, in a great cocktail? And it's a bit like the way that a brand as successful as Levi's becomes synonymous with the category that it represents, right? You can say Levi's in place of jeans. Campari has the same sort of status in the modifier world. Often you'll pick up a cocktail book and it'll say, okay, a shot of gin, so brand non-specific, a shot of vermouth, again, brand non-specific, and a shot of Campari. It doesn't say a shot of bitter or a shot of bitters, it says a shot of Campari. And we just felt, okay, that's actually really interesting. Why? I mean, Campari is a great liquid and a great brand that we admire very much, but why isn't there more choice? And so we felt, okay, that's actually an interesting opportunity to play around with, to put together two liquids which are really high quality in terms of the complexity of ingredients, the recipe and the formulation that we followed, and hopefully to create something that for bartenders in the kind of world of the on-trade, bartenders have something more to play with that allows them to be more creative with the drinks they're making. So far, I'd say the vast majority of people who've tasted them have been really excited. And when it's your baby and you've been sort of trying to nurture it, there's nothing more exciting than that, getting that response. And overwhelmingly, that is the response we're getting, which is, it's early days, but hugely kind of encouraging. If you're starting from scratch with a blank piece of paper and you're thinking, okay, what's going to be my brand? That's a really tough challenge. And obviously, you see a lot of people go down the kind of founder route where they'll build it around themselves and their backstory and their passion. And you can see why that makes a lot of sense. It gives you some sort of guidance. What's really nice about the heritage piece is it's like a North Star for us, right? We're never starting with a blank piece of paper. You think of the bottle design or you think of the liquid formula. We're always going back to the past and taking that as our guide and trying to make sure that, although of course there are bits we're going to try and contemporize for a contemporary audience or a contemporary palette, at the same time it's like what's that thread that connects Kush and Dr. Hostet is today with the originals. And as long as we keep that sort of lineage clear for people, that's ultimately what will make them successful. So when we look at the portfolio, it's no different to these two that we have on the table in front of us. It's always thinking about that lineage and how we would bring it to life today, but being very faithful and true to the original. I think broadly speaking, we want to become bar essentials. We want, as people have a particular brand of gin or a particular bitter or a particular bourbon on their spirits tray, we're hoping our brands will be there alongside and certainly the brands are designed for that and the liquids are formulated for that so with luck we'll be on your spirits tray soon That was Robert Black and Benedict Gordon founders of Phoenix Spirits This program was mixed and edited by David Stevens. My thanks to him as ever. And of course, thanks again to Rob and Ben and all the Phoenix Spirits team. That's all for now. Goodbye, and thanks for listening to Eureka. Eureka.